from Sydney to Toronto to London, from New York to LA, and all points around the globe. Welcome to the My Buddy Bush Talk Show. Coming to you from the sprawling MBB Radio Network Studios in the favorite vacation destination for seven people in the USA, Northeast Ohio, where we have our choice of any one of 11 sunny days each and every year. Now, call the dog, get the kids, feed the fish, and let the cat out. Here are the hosts of our show, the man who wants to mow your lawn, Jeff Marginian, and the dog behind the man, our executive producer, and everyone's buddy, Butch. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the My Buddy Butch Radio Talk Show. This is your host, Jeff Marginian, and of course, I'm here with my best buddy, Butch, who is running the board today. So, <laughs> you might hear a little ticking of his little nails on the buttons, but other than that, we'll be good. Hey, we got a great show for you. We got a lot to cover today. We have Dr. Rory Wilson, and he is the lead scientist for the National Geographic show Great Migrations. And this is a seven-part series that starts November 7th, Sunday. And it's, uh, as I said, it's a seven-part series. And it covers migrations of all different types of animals, wildebeests, red crabs, monarch butterflies. And we're going to have some great information there. And also the, the big whale sharks, the largest fish in the world. He's got some interesting things to tell us about that and how they tagged them. We're able to follow them with Google Earth. So that's pretty interesting. Also, we have April B. from Heart of a Horse Rescue in California. She's going to be talking to us about some of the rescue things that they're doing, some of the programs they have with the horses. Also, Dr. Jennifer Jellison of Banfield and the Seasons of Supper initiative with Meals on Wheels. This is fantastic. And everybody around the country is going to be able to get involved with this. I think, especially at this time of year, heading into the winter months, we're um, in Meals on Wheels. It, it's great, especially for the elderly and, and those who have pets. Uh, they can't get out of the house. Also, uh, later on in the show, we are going to announce... Wagon Enterprises Contest, uh, they have an initiative going on, O2 for Life campaign, and we're going to have a contest giving away pet first aid bandanas, and these are really nice bandanas, a couple different colors here. We're going to give one away for the next three weeks, and I'm going to tell you how you can win one of these uh, later on in the show. So listen up, this is a great, it's a first aid bandana, and it has... Um, after determining that the animal's non-responsive, start the ABCs. Control all major bleeding prior to starting ABCs. So it's got a whole rundown here of animals, um, things to do in case of an emergency with animals and your pets, okay? Uh, this is a great little bandana, and it has things for spider bites, burns, actions for survival, uh, heat exhaustion, heat stroke, and cold injury. And, uh, you know, you put it around your pet's neck or keep it handy with you when you go on a trip, and there you go. You got all the stuff you need to take care of an emergency, not only for you, but for anybody else that might be having some problems. Okay, three real quick things. Don't forget to change your clocks. Fall back in the fall, spring forward in the spring. Can't believe it's that time of year again. Really. And the batteries in your smoke and carbon alarms in the house be sure those babies are fresh and the last thing is don't forget to unhook your garden hose if you're in one of the northern states uh, or if you have the capability of freezing or else you're going to come out to a nice unexpected mess next year when you turn your outdoor faucet on we've done that before so we'll be back with dr rory wilson right after this jeff and butch will be right back on the my buddy butch talk show Hi, I'm Denise Black, animal care expert and author of four new pocket guides that will help you help your pets. Quick Find Books has developed a way to pack a whole lot of information into a small format so that you can quickly flip through the tabs on my books and find what you need. Dog first aid and CPR, and how to take care of your dog or puppy 
will help you help your dog live a longer, happier, healthier life. And I've written similar guides for our feline friends. Get your copies at sunnydoginc.com and be prepared for the sake of your pet. Boy, she's a lot of work. If we could just find someone to help teach her the basics. Yeah, like getting her house broken. <coughs> Training is an essential part of turning a new puppy into a happy family member. Visit the American Kennel Club's website at www.akc.org to find local clubs and get advice on training and training classes. Message from the American Kennel Club. Great Migrations is the largest, largest cross-platform initiative in the National Geographic Society's history, and Dr. Rory Wilson was a lead scientific consultant on the project, and we are very proud to have him with us. Dr. Rory Wilson, thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. Very, very impressive uh, series coming up November 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific on the National Geographic Channel. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you got involved with this and some of your responsibility uh, and maybe we can talk a little bit about all the different migrations that you're gonna that you went through. Well, uh, I got involved because National Geographic were lo looked across the globe and said, "Who's working on animal movement and who's doing stuff that we consider to be hip?" Mm -hmm. And uh, we do use at Swansea University. We do have very hip technology which we put on animals to find out what they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they contacted us and they said, "Look, you know, we we want to set up this." big project. It's going to be huge. We want to represent it properly and correctly. Uh, you, would you help us? And uh, I said, well, what exactly do you want to do? And they said, well, we need to find out the story behind the story. We need to present everything correctly. But beyond the normal take, which is what they would do in any case, which is ask a scientist what the best thing to do is, they said, well, what do you think is important and, what, and how would you find out about it? And we can help you with that. And so that's how it all started, really. Mm -hmm. And your, what you primarily did here was you did a, uh, you had a, like a daily diary tagging device, which you had just mentioned, right? Yeah. And you used these on all different types of animals. What was the first one that, uh, that you had used this on? Um, that, well, we, we'd, we'd um, created the daily diary about five years ago, so we had deployed it on, on a few animals before uh, putting it on animals for the Great Migration series. Mm -hmm. um, it, that doesn't make it less interesting because we are the only people on the planet using this technology because we invented it. Um, and for the Great Migration thing, there, there is actually a... Uh, a piece in the science behind the migrations which shows us equipping elephant seals with the, with this very particular tag. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I'm trying to think back. For the, for the series, I think maybe the first one we put it on, was it a penguin or was it a, uh, a whale shark? I can't remember, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the marine animals. Wow. A, a whale shark. Those are pretty big. <laughs> they, yeah, they are pretty big. They're, to be honest, um, we, we have people in our group that work on sharks, but I went out for the whale shark deployment and... Uh, I, and I've ne I'd never seen whale sharks before. <laughs> and you've, you've got it, you know, it's the thing, it's, it's the biggest fish in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, the, you know, the big ones are the, sort of the size of a bus. And when you, we put the tag on by having a, a, a sort of clamp system that clamps onto the fin. And you have to jump in the water ahead of the shark and the shark swims towards you. It comes out of the blue. Oh, man. And, yeah, if, you know, if that doesn't make you hyperventilate into your snorkel, nothing will, I can tell you. <laughs> Okay, and where in the world were, were you with the whale sharks? Well, whale sharks, you, you are, are, they occur in tropical waters all around the world, actually. Um, and the place we were actually tagging them was off uh, Ningaloo Reef in uh, Western Australia, beautiful 28-degree water full of um, biting as well as non-biting sharks. Wow. So that's where we did some of the work, yeah. Now, uh, your location uh, shoots like this. When you schedule these types of things for different types of animals, does it, um, when you schedule them, does it take different amounts of time to do different things? You have to, you know, do you know where these animals are ahead of time or do you kind of have to know the region and then get a tour guide and say, okay, let's, let's go find wildebeests or let's go find penguins or whale sharks? Well, yeah, well, I mean, the, it depends entirely on the animal, actually. Um, and there are some animals we, we like to deal with, in particular with animals where, we're, where we've got some 
pretty in-depth specialist knowledge because that we we know the answers to the problems about where are they going to be, where are they most likely to be, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some animals. David Hamlin, the, produ- pr- uh, the producer of the series, he said, Rory. We want the Pacific walrus. And we, uh, and I said, you know, David, it's a difficult one because they're ice animals and mm-hmm. they're, we have to get the tags back and uh, they pop off normally. And But working in ice environments is really, really difficult. And we twisted and turned and um, jumped through a million hoops. And actually, in the end, although they got some fantastic footage of the walruses out there, we didn't get any tags on them. Um, we didn't try, mainly because... Uh, you know, it's just going to be logistically a nightmare. Um, But um, there are cases like putting tags on penguins where we know exactly where they're going to be. We can put the tags on, we can pick them off. Uh, We don't have to have a drop-off mechanism. We just pick them up uh, at a later date. And there are other ones where, like with the sharks, you put them on and um, you have to keep your fingers crossed that uh, (laughs) you can get it back because the pop-off mechanism will take it off. But you've got to find it in the big wide ocean again. So Yeah, um, I imagine... uh, do you have like homing devices to do such? Yeah, absolutely. They have uh, the the system that we use. Uh, this daily diary is marvelous in that it'll give us every single movement, every tail beat, every step. It'll tell us whether the animal's twisting or turning. We, you, we can create virtual reality of the animal swimming through Google Earth, so so we can really follow it, and, and that's <laughs> wonderful. But that the downside of that is because it's recording all this information so fast, we can't transmit and. Uh, and, but it's good because we can use it on animals that are like live in salt water or underground and so on, uh, where transmission wouldn't be viable in any case. But the downside is, of course, the tag. We have to get the tag back. If you don't get the tag back, you don't get anything. If you get it back, you get the jackpot. <laughs> now, how many did you lose? Did you lose any? Uh, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. We lost tags. I don't even like to think about it. I don't. <laughs> um, uh, they're not the cheapest, and actually, animals. Uh, as I suppose most people know, animals have a complete disregard for money. Yes, um, I, I or, don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had some students out with the penguin stuff, and I needed to demonstrate this, so I took a $100 bill and I put it in a penguin's nest, and I said, watch what it does. And the $100 <laughs> bill just blew away, and the penguin just sat there totally unconcerned. Yeah. Um, and, and that's their attitude with respect to technology. You know, if they can break it, lose it, whatever, they'll, they'll do that. <laughs> wow. Now, I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you were able to tag a monarch butterfly? Uh, that, yeah, the, we, the, the monarch butterfly wasn't done by us, but it was done by one of the other scientists who, who does a lot of that sort of work. It wasn't a daily diary. It was a, a VHF transmitter that he, that he put on. And, yes, it's, uh, that's true. You can uh, tag really small insects with things that just peep out their position, and you can then track them. So, yes, they did do that. Wow. What was the smallest animal you were able to add the daily diary to well the daily diary um what the smallest animal we put it on for the series was um, 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 um it was a, i think it was the penguins um but i mean we can we can put it on smaller animals except that it wasn't uh it, you know it, it wasn't appropriate for the series we could mm-hmm. have put it on we didn't but we could have put it on the crabs uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful story about a crab migration where they come out of the forest and then go into the water to get minerals and then come back and make uh, burrows for the females and, and, and the females go and lay eggs and so on. So that migration is a, a short but a very impressive migration for animals the size of crabs, although they're big ones. So we could have could have put them on that, but, uh, you know, as luck would have it, we didn't. So. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, this is very, very interesting. i got to take a quick break. Can you hang on with us? Of course, be a pleasure. Great. We're talking with Dr. Rory Wilson, the lead scientific consultant for Great Migrations on the National Geographic Channel. We'll be back right after this. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, 
Ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors, it's the least you can do. Okay, we're back with Dr. Rory Wilson, the lead scientific consultant for Great Migrations, and this is on the National Geographic channel. It premieres Sunday, November 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and this is a seven-part series. Um, and we're talking with Dr. Rory Wilson. Dr. Wilson, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the animals. You know, I know a lot of people are familiar with the fact that when you're trying to film animals, <laughs> you have to probably get a tremendous amount of footage and able to cut that footage the way you want it to fit the story. What was the most difficult um, animal to, to get that film captured with? Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, although I was there as a scientific consultant, I wasn't doing any of the filming. I was there, as I said, for the, they, they filmed our elephant seal deployment. But I, you know, there are lots of stories that they've got about the difficulties they had filming, filming animals. The, the, the great white shark stuff uh, that uh, Andy Casagrande was filming, um, he wanted to film outside the the cage mm -hmm. uh, just because you can swim along with them and you can get a completely different perspective instead of just being uh, fixed in in one point so so uh there were issues with that not least that great white sharks can give you a nasty bite um <laughs> uh, there's actually a bit in the uh i forget which number it is in the series the fifth or the sixth um behind the scenes where where they show him filming uh, one shark, and then suddenly finds himself surrounded by four in total great whites. And, and really, um, if you ask me, one great white's too many, but four is definitely <laughs> too many. So, so that was, uh, you know, there was that sort of thing. And then there's, um, there's uh, in the same episode, which is a fascinating episode, of, of some of the difficulties they had of, of filming. There's the problem of trying to film a cheetah uh, catching prey. And they, they, mm. they've got some amazing technology to do the footage, including a camera called the Phantom, which takes uh, over a thousand frames a second. And wow. so um, what they really wanted to do is they wanted to get the cheetah rush, the fastest land animal on the planet. They wanted to get the cheetah rush as it took a, took a prey. And of course, you see things, uh, and this is true throughout the, throughout the series, you see things with this sort of camera technology that you would never see, even if it was happening right in front of you, because it happened so fast. Mm. Um, and that particular bit was where uh, they tried, and they were waiting for days and days, and these cheetahs just weren't catching prey, and they weren't catching prey, and wow. I forget, you know, they, they waited like 26 days or something before wow. they got it. So, so you have to be incredibly patient, and you have to be in part lucky, and you just have to be ultra-professional. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, now, lots of difficult things. Now, this is quite a commitment uh, on not only everybody's part for doing this, but on your part, too. I mean, when they called you... You know, you got the phone call, they, you know, you agreed to do this. This just set in motion, you know, months and years and years of, of footage, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. And how, how long did this whole thing take to put together from the traveling animal, you know, looking at the individual animals that are in here? Well, they, I mean, they've been working on the project for just over three years um, uh -huh. to get it to completion. It's a huge undertaking that they put in there. They put, I can't remember the things, like 150 hours of helicopter, uh, which includes this very, very trendy gimbal thing, which allows them to zoom in on animals from miles away with a rock-steady shot. And um, I think 400 hours of underwater filming and, you know, days and days and days, hundreds of days of filming and, and all over the all over the planet on all seven continents so it's a massive undertaking each of these had to be coordinated they went into the sudan they were the first people to film there for like 30 years they got the sort of filming permit number one wow. to find find the white-eared cob which is an animal they thought was extinct more or less and mm -hmm. and they found many thousands of them so there was a great that was a great story for them uh, but it was the a huge operation and and they you know they've just produced this superlative film which just makes you swell with pride when you when you look at it and um documents the incredible movements of animals across the planet and i, I you know i i hadn't actually seen the film put together until quite recently and you, you've got to hand it to them they're really mm -hmm. they well i think what do you say in america it's a slam dunk sort of thing is that what you say <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's a slam dunk <laughs> well that's what it is absolutely it's you know, National Geographic, we've been, we've been working with them for the last couple of years, and it's just always astounding. They've, they've always done such great things, 
as long as I can remember, and they really know how to do a first-class job and get the very best people like yourself to do these types of things. And, well, we're just happy to talk to you and so glad you could join us for this. And everybody can see uh, more of this on mbbradio.com's website. And uh, Dr. Wilson, what are you up to uh, next? Um, I'm just, just after this. I'm off to the Andes to work on a project with condors, uh, putting mm. daily diaries on condors to find out about what's going down in their lives. So wow. uh, that's next on the agenda in a couple of days. Oh, wow. Well, con congratulations. Have a very safe trip. Well, I will, and we'll just keep our fingers crossed we get the, the wretched tags back. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Well, hey, you're welcome back anytime, Dr. Wilson, and uh, it was a pleasure talking with you. Well, thank you very much. The pleasure was mine. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. Every year, more than 4,000 people die and 20,000 are injured in fires across the country. 300 of these deaths tragically involve children under the age of five. Did you know that two-thirds of fires that kill children younger than five are in homes that do not have a smoke alarm? Smoke alarms save lives, and they should be placed on every floor and in every bedroom of a home. Fire deaths are preventable. So USFA and CPSC are working together to help reduce fire-related deaths. Fires occur every day in every community. Families need to be prepared, have a fire escape plan, know where to meet, and parents and caregivers should help get the children out of the house. And have a working smoke alarm. If it is more than 10 years old, get a new one. Check the batteries twice a year and make sure to change them at least once a year. Take action and plan today. It may just save a life tomorrow. It's the My Buddy Butch Radio Talk Show with your hosts Jeff Marginian and Butch. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> okay, mbbradio.com is the website, and of course, mybuddybutch.com. Now you can also sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Lower right-hand side of mbbradio.com. You can also go there and hear all of our shows, past and present. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, info, I-N-F-O, at mybuddybutch.com is the uh, email address. Send us your questions. And if you have questions for any one of our veterinarians, we'd be happy to get them out there to you. Now, coming up on the other side of this break, we are going to be talking with April from Heart of a Horse Rescue. So let's catch up with the affiliates. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. To help you figure out if health insurance is a good choice for you and your pets, consider the following three questions. Number one, what are your financial resources? A new puppy or kitten means expenditure of several hundred dollars for examinations, vaccinations, deworming, heartworm preventive, and spay or neuter surgery. The second question, are you inclined to take the do-everything-possible approach when it comes to treatment? And question number three is, what best suits your peace of mind? Will you sleep better at night knowing that no matter what happens, insurance will allow you to pay for excellent top-of-the-line care? Now use the answers to these three questions to determine if pet health insurance makes good sense. Hey everyone, this is Jeff Marginian of My Buddy Butch. Hey, I was lucky enough to have this little guy enter my life through a series of events that I never would have guessed. I also wouldn't guess that I'd be waking up at the business end of a Boston Terrier in my face at this point in my life either. <laughs> We've had our ups and downs through it all, but you know, all things considered, I wouldn't trade my little buddy for the world, and I encourage all of you to think about adopting a pet also. I've learned a lot about patience, unconditional love, and myself in the process of caring for Butch. So if you're interested in reading and you want to know more about our little adventure that Butch and I are having... <laughs> You can pick up a copy of my book, My Buddy Butch, Confessions of a New Dog Dad, online everywhere and in stores, and of course, at MyBuddyButch.com, where it's also available in ebook format. Nutrition is always the basis of good, sound care for any animal, and that is why we at Aspen Bloom Pet Care 
offer special nutritional consultations for those desiring guidance in integrating natural dog care into the life of their dogs. And you can pick up a copy of Dr. Kim Bloomer's book, co-authored with holistic veterinarian Dr. Jill Elliott, Whole Health for Happy Dogs, for an easy step-by-step guide to natural dog care. Aspen Bloom Pet Care, seeing your pet's good health bloom. Go to www.aspenbloompetcare.com. Johnny O from Rescue Wink Unleashed on National Geographic Channel, and you'll listen to the My Buddy Butch Radio Talk Show. Some students are tackling more than just their schoolwork, which is why more than 30% of them aren't graduating. But with a boost from you, 100% of them will have a better chance to make it to graduation. Go to BoostUp.org to find out how to give the high school students in your community the boost they need to make it through. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Hi. This is Dr. Jeannie Thomason from The Whole Dog. The health of our canine companions is just as important to me as it is to you, and my mission is to help my clients learn about their dog's needs regarding nutrition and care, helping them to achieve balance and maintaining or restoring good health through my consultations. Do you question if your dog's nutrition is adequate? Does your dog have physical or emotional problems that you would like to address with alternative therapies but you don't know quite where to start? Maybe you're looking for natural products, but you're a little bit confused by the huge variety on the market. Or maybe you have a new puppy and you just want to start it out on the right paw. Come to www.thewholedog.org and set up a consultation today. Boy, she's a lot of work. I don't think we were prepared for this when we decided to have her. If we could just find someone to help teach her the basics. Yeah, like getting her house broken. Naturally curious and eager to learn, puppies can't teach themselves. Visit the American Kennel Club's website at www.akc.org to find local clubs and get advice on training and training classes and help your puppy become the very best she can be. A message from the American Kennel Club and new puppies everywhere. Ranger Station, Ranger Speaker. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? Uh, in the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh. Get your smoky on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. And now, the My Buddy Butch Rescue Shelter of the Week, helping to save deserving pets from around the USA and Canada. All right, our rescue of the week this week is Heart of a Horse, Horse Rescue in California. And we are talking to April Bay, April B, because April A, who is April Horowitz, is a little under the weather out there. April, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Good. It's great <laughs> to talk to you. Wow. Well, tell April, you know, we send our best and hope she uh, has a quick recovery. And how is, are things going out there with Heart of a Horse Rescue? Things are going amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we just instituted our five new programs mm-hmm. um, to kind of get the ball rolling on, you know, getting the word out for Horse Rescue. We've also come out with a new Rescue Gear t-shirt oh, okay. highlighting Cover Girl Cool. Um, mm-hmm. We did rescue her from a kill pen. She's been adopted by um, Alan and Tanya Thick. Mm-hmm. All proceeds go directly to our programs, which we do have the emergency hay support grant, mm-hmm. the emergency medicine grant, mm-hmm. um, our kill pen program, which sort of correlates to Cover Girl, mm-hmm. and then our education program. There are a number of ways to help these these great, great animals. and. You know, we discussed the fact before that people who own horses and other people who don't own horses have to realize that these horses are pets, just like 
a dog or a cat that needs care on a daily basis, these horses were not bred in the wild. You cannot just, you know, if you can't take care of it, you can't just set it free out west and it's going to be okay. These horses need care, just like a pet, just like anybody else's pet. And you guys survive through the generosity of a lot of people and you help these horses survive and find good homes through, through the, the generosity of a lot of people also, correct? Correct, 100% correct. That's the only way we're staying alive right now is through donations, um, getting our name out there, publicity, just letting people know that this is a problem that's going on. Uh-huh. And they are as domesticated as your cat or dog. They rely on you for everything. Let, I know you don't have the experience April does with horses, mm-hmm. but whatever your experience is, tell me what that is. Um, well, I was really surprised when she first got me out on the field. They're very—I I don't know how to really say it. They're—they're they're very smart. Like they—they—they mm-hmm. they, they submit like dogs do. They put their head down when they recognize that you're the master. Mm-hmm. But then, in the same token, they—they're also very weary. They—they. Mm-hmm. They, can they can tell what you're there for what's going to happen they get excited when you come around they get jealous when you're um, training or working with other horses <laughs> they're very vocal uh-huh. um it's, it's almost kind of weird because they're really they're massive oh, yeah. but then they have this really soft spirit okay when they want to have it so i was just very i was very surprised personally uh-huh and so this is your first experience working with these large animals yeah, I, I, my aunt had a ranch when I was really little, but that was a really long time ago. So. Oh, yeah. my gosh. By your voice, it couldn't have been more than five years ago. Well, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you know, so your experience is, is going out there, seeing these animals. Now, how long have you been working with April? Oh, geez, since April. Wow. Of this year. So April and April got together in April. And there's yep. got to be a nursery rhyme in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever work at a, a rescue shelter or anything like that in the past? Oh, yeah. Um, I volunteered during high school um, for animal rescue. Mm-hmm. On the, more on the level of the Humane Society, more domesticated pets, mm-hmm. uh, families, home mm-hmm. pets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been a big part of my life. I love animals. That's great. That's great. And it really takes a special person to be able to do this kind of work every day. Where can people go and see you online and how can they help? Like you mentioned, the, the I think you mentioned the Hay Stamps program and the other programs. How can people help you? Uh, well, right now um, we have our Heart of a Horse store up. Uh, we have the rescue gear. Um, all, of, all of the money that comes from that goes directly to the Hay Stamp program. Okay. Um, and then, you know, on our website at www.heartofahorse.org, mm-hmm. um, we have a donation page where you can sign up for monthly donations of any amount. Um, you can even sign up to be a sponsor if you, you know, own a company or a business. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just writing in, giving us, sharing your stories. We post everything that our followers and supporters send us on Facebook and our right. website. Right. Just, you know, care, care tips, um, videos on how to take care of your horse. Um, we have a kids section also on our website where uh, we kind of teach children who are, you know, thinking about getting a horse, you know, this is what comes with having a horse. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, just anything, really. We've, mm-hmm. we've gotten blankets sent to the office before. That's helped us out a lot. Oh, that's good. That's good. So there are numerous ways, and uh, people can catch you at heartofahorse.org. Now, all this information is going to be up on our after show blog at mybuddybutch and mbbradio.com and people can click on the link and go directly there it's also in the newsletter our weekly newsletter the chronicle and people can go to heart of a horse see what you can send send a horse a blanket for christmas or something yeah i think that's a great idea that's coming up well april i I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us and uh tell april that we said hi hope she's feeling better soon and we'll be talking to her I will. Thank you so much. Love your pet almost as much as you do here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Sassy. Sassy. This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well is a rotten egg. Ha ha, I win. Whoa, ha ha. 
Daisy! Johnny fell down the well! I'm wet! What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl! What? You'd rather use this time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold! People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? <laughs> what? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What did he say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt! It's time for the My Buddy Butch Vet Topic of the Week. Investigating the best pet care from coast to coast. We're here with Dr. Jennifer Jellison. She's the Chief of Staff of the North Canton, Ohio Banfield, partner DVM. And we are glad to have her with us because Banfield is partnering with Meals on Wheels in a national campaign that they've done for, well, she'll tell us. And... Um, it's a really outstanding project. I fully endorse it. Dr. Jellison, thanks for being with us again. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> it is, um, this is kind of my pet project, so I, I absolutely look forward to this time of year um, just so I can talk about it. That's, it's how exciting it is for me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this initiative you guys are working with, with them on, Banfield and uh, Meals on Wheels. Well, actually, it's called the Season of Suppers Campaign. And what we found was there are, like you said, a lot of seniors who are homebound. And a lot of these seniors who are homebound also live by themselves. Um, the good news is is that most of them hopefully have a dog or cat, and that becomes, you know, their confidant, their main person to talk to. But your dog and cat can't drive, and they, you know, can't go out and grocery shop, and your dog and cat still need to eat. So what came up about five years ago was Meals on Wheels kind of came to the realization that they had clients who were receiving food for themselves, and they were actually giving this food to their pets. So feeding their pets was more important than feeding themselves. And I just think that's such a huge statement. It just gives me goosebumps. Um, and I personally believe that, that no one should go hungry. Um, people shouldn't go hungry, and pets shouldn't go hungry. So Banfield has joined with Meals on Wheels. This is our fifth year. And this is across the country. We accept food donations from now uh, until close to the end of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And those food donations then go to the local Meals on Wheels in the community that you donate to. So, for example, if you're in Syracuse, New York, and you make a donation, that will go to the county right there where you live. So it's, it's grassroots, and I, I like that, so I know that you know, what I'm contributing to goes to actual people that, that live around me. The other thing that they have the opportunity for you to do is if you can't get out and you don't want to buy dog or cat food, you can certainly donate money. And then that money is given directly to Meals on Wheels and, again, used to purchase food. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun. Uh, most Banfields are located inside PetSmart. So if you come into PetSmart this time of year and wander over to Banfield, you will find grocery carts and boxes and Hopefully they're all decorated. Our grocery cart is uh, Rudolph the Red, you know, he's a reindeer. He's got horns <laughs> and he's got a big red nose. And we have a competition to see who can get that grocery cart filled up and, and how many times we can get it filled up. That's great. So it, it's just a, a great heartwarming thing to do. And I uh, went with my father. My father worked for Meals on Wheels. And when this initiative started, I went with him. And it is just phenomenal to see how people who live by themselves care for their pets and how important they are and then just how good you feel when you can just do something as simple as give them a bag of cat food. So it's just one of those things that it just feels so good to mm -hmm. do it and it's relatively inexpensive to buy a bag of food mm -hmm. and, and I just, like I said, it's my favorite community event that I do every year and I just encourage everyone to, you know, buy a bag of food and feed a hungry pet. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And one of the questions I have for you is, in the time that you've been doing this, you know, after the donations are all given and everything, and I do know that, you know, you say you can give money also mm -hmm. uh, to purchase what's needed. What do you see most people giving and you say, wow, we got an awful lot of this this year and maybe we could have used more of 
little more of this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What we do see is we see a lot of dog food. We see a lot of dog food. Mm-hmm. And what we're really missing, we've noticed in the past couple of years, is cat food. Mm-hmm. So when you think about elderly people, a lot of them are in apartment situations, and they are allowed to have something under 20 pounds, and, you know, hopefully that would be a cat or, mm-hmm. you know, a very large cat. <laughs> um, and, and that's, you know, so we kind of forget about the cat component. And when we talk about, you know, people, again, who are by themselves, that cat becomes something that will sit on their lap. It's easy to take care of. So I think for someone who's on their own and someone who might be homebound, I think we forget just really how user-friendly a cat is. So we get a lot of dog food. We get a lot of treats, that kind of stuff. But we really seem to be you know, lacking in the cat food area. So this year we're trying to put a little more emphasis on, um, you know, in my opinion, buy a bag of dog food and buy a bag of cat food. So, you know, you have two arms. You could pick up one of each and put them in the cart. But but we want to make sure that we don't forget about the cats because they're just as important and just as dear, and Mm. probably there are more of them than we realize that are represented with our Meals on Wheels clients. How about birdseed or fish food? Are we focusing on dogs and cats? I think primarily dogs and cats, although each individual community is going to have, you know, requirements of the people who live there. So if you're in your community and you give your Meals on Wheels a call, you certainly would be able to say, you know, do you have people who are in need of bird, bird seed? We, mm-hmm. we did have in this area a couple people, and we had donations of bird food. Um, mm-hmm. I know that currently they're not doing anything for, for large animals, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, we don't want any... Uh, horse food or hay sure. or straw right now, right. but I think if you could call your local Meals on Wheels, they'd be able to say, because they've done this for so many years now, they would be able to say, you know what, we do have three clients who have a fish tank, or we have three clients who definitely could you know, have a parakeet and that kind of thing. So sure. I sure. think we kind of pick dogs and cats because those are the most common, mm-hmm. but because this, again, is in your local community, you have the flexibility to call Meals on Wheels and just say, you know, hey, is there something unique that you might need for this program? Dr. Jellison, I appreciate you being with us again, and I'm glad that you came back, and I look forward to having you more on a regular basis in the future and talking about some of the issues at hand. Great. Thank you so much. I do have a website if I have time to mention that. I'm glad you mentioned it because I forgot. Go ahead. That's okay. It's www.bctsos.org, and that's actually the site where you can read about the program, and if you would like to, you can even donate through the website. A donation of $30 will feed a pet for an entire month through the Meals on Wheels program. So if you can't get out or you don't know what kind of pet food to pick, you can go to the website and go ahead and sponsor a pet for a month. That's great. And we'll have the, all that information up, uh, B-C-T-S-O-S, right? Right, .org. .org. We're going to have the, all that up on the After Show blog. Everybody can go to mbbradio.com, click on the After Show blog, and we'll have those links for you to go and do this. Now, how long is this running? Uh, this is running through, uh, we usually run it at least towards uh, the week before Christmas. Okay. Um, so you can go ahead and start. We like to start a little bit before Thanksgiving and start, you know, collecting all the food and then going ahead and delivering it. So um, anytime up until mid-December, a little bit later, we can go ahead and take care of that. That's great. Now, we're coming up on our um, uh, national dog show coverage and everything. Would you be willing to come back in a few weeks and give us an update on how things are going? Oh, I would love to. That would be great. I'll have some numbers for you, and I can maybe let you know which state is doing the best. That's terrific. Thanks again. Ah. Uh, bye-bye. Hi, NBA 4, Kevin Durant from the Oklahoma City Thunder, here with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck to remind you to get moving every day. Because when you get moving an hour a day... You'll have more energy to do the things you like to do. And that's a slam dunk. Whether you like to shoot hoops like me, skateboard, ride a bike, or dance on your roof, just move it your way. For an hour a day. Because moving every day puts you on the offense towards a stronger you. And that makes you part of a winning team. I couldn't have said it better myself, Bugs. So be a player. Be a player. Get up, play, and move it your way. Check out how to be a player at letsmove.gov. Head online to get tips on great ways to get moving every day. You said it. 
at www.letsmove.gov. Let's hear that one more time, Doc. That's www.letsmove.gov. A message from the Ad Council and HHS. All right, we got a lot more to cover, so stay with us until after these messages. Now here's a quick word from the Consumer Product Safety Council. I'm Patty Davis. Winter weather has arrived in much of the country. In order to stay safe at home during the cold weather months, make sure you have a professional inspection of all your fuel-burning appliances to guard against fires and carbon monoxide poisoning. Between 2003 and 2005, CPSC estimates there was an annual average of more than 378,000 fires and 2,700 deaths from fires in homes. Cooking equipment accounts for the largest percentage of fires at home. Home heating and cooling equipment, including furnaces, chimneys, and space heaters, accounts for the most deaths. A few tips from CPSC. Keep an eye on your cooking and stay in the kitchen when you're cooking. If you're using a space heater in your home, make sure it's at least three feet away from bedding, curtains, furniture, and other flammable materials. Never go to sleep with a space heater turned on. In addition to having an annual inspection of your fuel-burning appliances, install smoke alarms on every level of your home, inside each bedroom, and outside each sleeping area. If you already have smoke alarms, make sure they have fresh batteries and are working properly. Have your flue and chimney inspected to check if the chimney is cracked, blocked, or coated with creosote. Keep the fireplace damper open until all ashes are cool. To protect against carbon monoxide poisoning, install a CO alarm outside each sleeping area. You can find more home heating safety tips as well as information about recalls announced by CPSC at www.cpsc.gov. Some students are tackling more than just their schoolwork, which is why more than 30% of them aren't graduating. But with a boost from you, 100% of them will have a better chance to make it to graduation. Go to boostup.org to find out how to give the high school students in your community the boost they need to make it through. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. This is the My Buddy Butch Talk Show, live from Bora Bora. The balance of a pet's digestive system can be upset by many things. When the delicate balance of good and bad bacteria is disrupted, it is not uncommon for pets to have signs of soft stool or diarrhea. Pets regularly fed prebiotics and probiotics have been proven to experience less digestive upset and have more regular, normal bowel movements. Prebiotics are special forms of fiber that, when eaten, support the health and good bacteria in the intestine. Probiotics are actually live bacteria that, when eaten by pets, help to restore bacterial balance in the intestine. Talk to your veterinarian about the prebiotic and probiotic supplements that are best for your pet. And that message was from Dr. Donna Spector. She's one of our regular contributors here on My Buddy Butch. And you can see more from her at SpectreDVM.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for news and announcements. Okay, last week you heard the uh, interview that we did with Ennis uh, De Pablo from Wagon Enterprises. And we're My Buddy Butch and Wagon has, has gotten together, and we're going to give away... A Wagon Pet First Aid bandana, one a week for the next three weeks. I want you to give us a, a, shoot us an email. Send Butch an email at butch at mybuddybutch.com and put Wagon Pet First Aid bandana in the subject line. Also include your, your name, your address, and that kind of thing. And be the fifth person to email that. We're going to go strictly by timestamps, okay? So don't think, oh, well, you know, a lot of people hear this. Go ahead and email. Email it anyway, okay? And if you won, you will hear back from us by next week's show, and we'll announce it on the air, and we'll get one of these out to you. Great first aid bandana. It's got a lot of information on it. And also, for every 100 uh, of the pet alerts that you make, you can make a pet alert to stick on your door for first responders at their website. So you go to wagon4u.com, W-A-G-N, for the letter U.com, and for every 100 of the pet alerts that you make, they will donate a O2 kit to a first responder 
for pets somewhere in the country, like the emergency responders in your local communities, fire departments, EMS, those types of things. So uh, it's free, so you can go to their website, and you can sign up for that. Great program. Okay, now let's catch a couple of news stories here. A few things caught my eye this week that came across. Uh, wildlife as pets, baby attacked. This happens all too often. Covington, Georgia. Law enforcement uh, unravels the mystery of how a baby could be attacked inside her home by raccoons. Georgia Department of Natural Resources wants to remind residents that's against the law in Georgia to keep any native wild species as a pet. Now, now you know, come on. S seriously? These are wild animals, people, and... You know, this. I know it goes on around the country and everything, but a baby was attacked because of this. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, that's not, not right. Uh, also, a couple of other uh, quick things here. Uh, skin cancer drug cream poses risk of accidental poisoning in pets. Okay, now doctors who reported the case, this is off... Uh, you go to mbbradio.com and go to our news blog. You'll see the scroll on the main page, and you can click on that and get to these. Uh, they want to caution pet owners using drug commonly prescribed to patients with a form of skin cancer. And, um, you know, you put the cream on, naturally the pets are nosing around, smelling things, licking your hands, and this can be dangerous for them. So be careful with that. Also, uh... Women's hormone creams can expose others and pets to health risks. Okay, veterinarians around the country are reporting a strange phenomenon. This is from the New York Times. Uh, spayed dogs and cats, even some puppies and kittens, are suddenly becoming hormonal. And in female pets, the symptoms, they list a whole list of symptoms here. So you can check that out also. This time of year, it's getting cold out there. Antifreeze, cars, trucks, everything. Having uh, problems with the coolant, be careful. Don't get so that you clean up all your spills and everything quickly. Our news stories are updated on the website throughout the week, so keep your eye on that. The news scroll on the home page, you can click through and get right to the news page. want to thank all of our guests for being with us this week. Uh, don't forget to email us for the contest. Everybody take care, love your pets, and we'll see you next time. Join us again next time right here. And please visit us at MyBuddyButch.com for more information and the best after show blog in the world. All content of the show is the property of the Gemar Entertainment Corporation and may not be rebroadcast in any form without expressed written consent from Gemar Entertainment. Goodbye for now and please watch your step. <laughs> <laughs>